0: On today's show, I'm going to be talking with Hannah Gold. She has a very provocative new single out. It's called, You Did This. I want to talk about the inspiration about that and much more. So welcome to the show, Hannah.
1: Hey, thank you, Kelly. It's awesome to be here.
0: Well, I've been enjoying the song and video. Uh, You got some great beats, great vocals, but I'm going to start bold with a little quote from your bio describing You Did This you describe it as a bad bitch girl's anthem
1: yeah definitely so um i basically as you can tell from the vibe of the song it's kind of meant to empower women kind of be a hot girl summer kind of vibe that's why we waited until july to release it um but it's supposed to be like for all the ladies anyone who's ever been done wrong by a man or a partner or whatever it is and they, they want to know that it's not their fault, they're not taking the blame for it, their partner fucked up, you're still a bad bitch, you're still hot, you're still beautiful, you're still perfect, you're still awesome, it's not your fault that someone else messed up what you had going on that was great. Like, like you're still powerful, you're still amazing, you're still strong enough to handle everything that's happening and able to overcome it, essentially.
0: Now, you grew up in New York. Do do you think that's where you got a lot of your strength from?
1: Yeah, definitely. I feel like a lot of people in New York have... You have to have a tough skin there, pretty much. People are very open and honest, which I appreciate. I feel like a lot of the culture out there is more... It's not necessarily meant to offend you, but people will say what's on their mind, essentially. So if you ask them, hey, what do you think about this song? Instead of being like, oh, my God, that's awesome. They'll give you like their true opinion. They'll give you constructive criticism and stuff like that. So I appreciate that. And I I really like the people out there. And I think that helped me build a tough skin and and able to handle all the hate and criticism, whatever it is, and and just keep pushing forward Take take it, take it like a grain of salt and take the criticism and make it better for next time.
0: Well, when you went to college, you went to the West Coast, uh, to USC. Was that kind of a culture shock? Is there a a big difference for you for East Coast, West Coast?
1: Yeah, it was a huge culture shock. Um, Although I kind of do feel like I fit in a bit better out here in L.A., Just because I do like the West Coast vibes. I feel like everything's a lot more chill and relaxed and laid back, easygoing. Um, I like to not I I like to keep busy and and have the New York mentality when I'm doing my work. But just living my life, it's nice to have just a little bit less tension in my day to day. So I do like the West Coast energy. It was a bit of a culture shock because I was in the middle of downtown L.A., which is something I'd never seen. I was I was pretty sheltered growing up in, in a suburbs in Long Island. And I come out here and I'm hearing gunshots out of my window. I'm hearing, I'm hearing about all this crazy stuff. So, um, just, just the whole, the whole environment, just being out in LA, the whole vibe of everything, it's been completely different, but I've been out here for over five years now and I love it. I, I totally like consider it my home. But yeah, it was, it was totally night and day coming here, completely different. Um, but I do love it out here.
0: Well, what was your college experience like? Did you know you wanted to be a professional singer right off the bat? Or was that something that evolved, you know, during school?
1: Um, so I actually kind of realized while I was touring USC, my senior year of uh, high school, I was out in L.A. and I, I I had always wanted to I wanted to be a singer and I wanted to pursue that professionally. It wasn't something that aligned with what my parents necessarily wanted for me. It's not that they weren't supporting me in singing, but it was so that they wanted me to have another kind of option. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I was considering something business, maybe. Um, And when I was touring USC, they were telling me about their music industry major and a light bulb went off in my head and I was like, this is it. This is the one. Um, That way I could study both the creative side of the music industry and also the entrepreneurial business side. Um, And I kind of decided that I wanted to create my own record label because thinking back to my childhood, I was, I was always thinking of like, I mean, I guess when you're a kid, kid growing up who dreams of being a singer you think of how can I get a record deal how can I get noticed how can I do all these things and that was always like kind of a dream of mine to be signed to a label to make it in the industry to be a huge pop star whatever it is and um and I didn't realize that until I was uh, I was touring USC that I could combine both so I created my label so that I can make that dream come true for other artists growing up um especially like genre fusion type artists, stuff like that. So um, college gave me basically the perfect outlet to explore my creative side, like songwriting, um, instruments, vocal coaching, stuff like that, but also gave me the entrepreneurial mindset to take accounting and macroeconomics and um, music business and music law and all those sort of little things like contracts and other stuff that I wouldn't have known if I hadn't taken that major specifically.
0: Mm -hmm. Because it's such a shame so many people go through college and they don't get those practical lessons. It just seems nice that universities are catching up. And besides, Mm -hmm. you know, teaching you how to sing, you know, just one specific skill, they're giving you that grounding in business.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, do you think that's something where you you found you had an aptitude, like a lot of creative people, they're just into their art, but they also discover, hey, I'm actually really good at business too.
1: Yeah, I've always been like very academic growing up, very like grades were always important to me, always wanted straight A's. I I graduated cum laude from USC actually, and Dean's List. um, And that was still as pursuing music and all that. Um, But yeah, I think definitely... I definitely um, took that into consideration, but also just I I, I gen- the, the difference with me was that I genuinely wanted to learn and I was genuinely interested, so I paid attention in all the classes and I actually wanted to learn and take notes versus if I'm taking just like a gen ed course, I don't really care about it as much because I know I'm not going to use my astronomy in my day-to-day life, but when I'm taking these classes that I'm actually interested in, I, I was really tuned in and I really really took the to, took those lessons to heart
0: Hmm. well the one thing they can't teach you is drive you know they can't motivate you to use this info and i'm just curious you know looking at your classmates yeah could you tell right away who was driven and who was just going through the motions
1: oh for sure you can definitely tell like people will People will honestly even tell you. They'll be like, "Yeah, I'm not here for the grades. I'm here to play sports." Or, "Yeah, I'm not here for the grades. I'm here to make my parents happy." Or, "I'm not. I'm or I'm just here for the social experience." Like people, people would would be pretty honest and tell you. You could tell also based on how they apply themselves in school and in group projects, for example. Like you could tell who's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." just sitting there in the background on their phone versus like the people who are like, okay, so I have this idea. I'm really passionate about AR and VR. I want to make this come to life in a concert. I want to do this. This is like, you could tell who's really interested and motivated in what they're doing versus people who are just going through the motions, just trying to get a degree.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you want to develop yourself musically, but we live in such a visual age and Instagram that mm-hmm. that, is automatically part of the mix music videos. So at what point did you think about your development as, you know, how, how I'm going to present myself to the public? What's my image going to be?
1: Yeah. So the first time I actually ever thought about that was I was like 15 years old and New York city. And I, I was actually initially going out for a modeling contract and, um, this guy connected me with this really famous songwriter and he was asking me, he was like, well, what, like, who are you as a songwriter? And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, you need to get out a piece of paper, a huge piece of paper, a poster board or something, and basically connect the dots of who you are. Are you the Taylor Swift? Are you the Ariana Grande? Like what direction are you? And that's when I started to think about it. And I, I I didn't really start, Actually, writing all of my original music until college, and that's when I kind of like growing up, I initially always thought I wanted to be a pop singer. but as i as I grew in my tastes and my liking of music, I fell more into the urban r and b kind of realm of things. and i f- I kind of wanted to fuse those two things together, r and b pop. and then it all the hip hop kind of came together as I was writing that song. I never. Really sat down and intended to be a rapper. I never saw that as a vision. I I literally just it it started when I was in the studio and I wrote "You Did This" and I wrote "Alone." I wrote both of those within the same week, actually. So it, that was never something that I thought was a direction I would go. I always kind of liked the bad bitch vibes, like cool girl, but I'd never necessarily knew that I would go that direction. I always kind of saw myself as like an R&B pop kind of like singer, but now I'm actually exploring more into the grittier side of things, trying other genres, messing around and just seeing what sticks with people. So a lot of people have actually told me that this is their favorite song of mine. And so it's like, I tried something new and and people like it. So maybe, maybe I'll stick with that. Mm-hmm.
0: Your music i think would be a good fit on, on a lot of tv shows like you know pretty little liars or mm-hmm. whatever it is, and just these edgy kind of young adult shows uh mm-hmm. is that a goal of yours is to get your music into movies and tv shows
1: yeah absolutely i would love to do um see my music in movies and films and sync and all those kind of things i think that would be awesome um, just to hear I, it's not even about the money for me. like just to be watching one of those shows and and to see my hear my song and or see the name and I, I, that would just be really awesome for me. I remember like growing up, I would always oh like a lot of the MTV reality shows and stuff, they would put the names of the songs underneath the show. and I would always I would always write them down and look them up after if I liked the song. So I think that would be really cool. And actually, in college,, um, for the majority of my college experience, I I worked an internship uh, where I was essentially managing like a bunch of music supervisors. So um, I kind of saw into that realm of things. And I also worked at a publishing company one summer over college. So I dealt with their whole catalog and everything. And I've always thought that it would be really cool to see my stuff on TV and film and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, because nowadays, that's where you can, you know. You said the money's not the most important, but for people who haven't been able to say tour and yet to get really creative with your, you know, money sources now, seems like film, TV, and also uh, commercials has become even more valuable to artists.
1: Right, definitely.
0: Well, last fall, you put out a single called Runaway, and you've uh, received. I believe over three hundred thousand streams on Spotify,
1: yep, we have. I think it's uh like three hundred and nine thousand or something right now. I'm not sure I'll have to check, but yeah, the runaway's doing really good um that was that was my first single I put out there, uh as you could tell, that one's like a bit more in the pop direction um so that that was one of the first songs that I ever wrote to completion um and I actually wrote it in the middle of Zoom class. I was, I don't know why, but it just like happened to come to me. I turned my camera off and I just started writing in my notebook and within a couple of minutes I pretty much had um, the whole song for Runaway done. And then I I went back after the fact and uh, made the piano and beat for it. But the lyrics wise, I literally wrote that while I was in the middle of class.
0: In some ways, Spotify is even more important than some music charts now. What mm-hmm. did it feel like to think, "Wow, I put out this single." You know, you hope for the best. You don't know what's going to happen, and then you look and say, "Wow, three hundred thousand. This is really happening." Like, how important was it that that first single was successful?
1: I mean, I think it was pretty much everything that the the first. Single had success. I mean, that was kind of like me putting myself out there. Let's see if this sticks, and let's see what people think. Like, obviously, if nothing came of it, then maybe, maybe my music's not for everyone. Maybe people aren't, aren't feeling it. But to see such an overwhelming response for someone who hasn't put out any kind of music in the past, besides like cover videos on YouTube, that's like incredible. Like, so so overwhelming, so exciting. Like. I'm so proud of that, honestly, like, and, and people even people are like, wow, how did you do that? Wow, like, it's because I actually put the work in. It's because I actually believed in myself. It's because I actually went out there on my, Freaking hands and knees, and promoted the shit out of everything. Like, I I didn't just put it out there and be like, okay, let's see who listens. Like, no, I actually went out there, I marketed it, I I I sent it to everyone, I I told everyone you got to listen this. I, I I I did what I had to do, you know.
0: Hmm. Well, you did a follow up. It was this last February called "They Always Come Back," and that's almost reached three hundred thousand. Also, so it seems like. You know, it's it's one thing to get this initial success, but now you're creating a body of work that's also, you know, equally as popular. And so many people, you know, they want that one big hit, but to build a career, you know, you have to have a lot of good, consistent output.
1: Exactly. Yeah, you always got to be able to put new content on there, uh, kind of see what sticks and whatnot. That's why I'm kind of. This is these are all like the first few singles that I've ever put out there. There's no other Hannah Gold station on Spotify. Like these are the only originals that are out there that and you can tell they're they're not all exactly the same. Like there's some artists where you'll listen and you'll be like, okay, that's definitely Tate McRae. That's definitely whoever it is. Some people sing very similar kind of stuff. For me, it's a little bit different. I like to explore different genres. I don't want to always have the same structure of a song. Maybe I'll play around with a song that doesn't have a bridge, or maybe I'll play around with a song that has a intro rap, or stuff like that. I like to mix it up and not just do the same thing. And, and as a new artist, I'm kind of granted that freedom to kind of play around a little bit, see what sticks, see, oh, are my fans loving this hip-hop stuff, or are they loving this pop stuff? What, what do they want me to do for my next album? Let me give them a few different vibes see what people are actually really really loving even though it seems that they're they're loving all three kinds of stuff like I I'm I, I'm never afraid to kind of step outside the box try a little something different just to see what people like I feel like a lot of artists are put into a bubble once you establish your career like Justin Bieber for example he's always been considered this little pop singer and within recent years he's wanted to go the R&B route where he's even release songs under R&B, but people still consider it pop. They're still giving him pop awards. And it's like, he's like, no, guys, I'm doing R&B. But people can't disassociate him from what he did when he first started off. And so that's kind of where I'm giving a little bit of a gift and a little bit of a, a leeway as a new artist. I can kind of explore different realms and see what sticks before I have to kind of decide what what is my fan base really after, which which of my music is really connecting with them the deepest.
0: Well, you released, you did this less than two weeks ago, and it is already charted on the iTunes R&B soul chart.
1: Yeah, we hit um, number 49 on the iTunes R&B soul chart, which was literally so incredible and exciting to see. I could have never expected anything like that. Um, So, yeah, just literally just seeing my mom's reaction when she saw that was everything she called me and facetimed me and she was freaking out my grandpa was there my whole family happened to like happened to be together when it happened so it was actually really cool because I got to talk to all of them um and that was really exciting and and I could have never could have never um expected such a great turnout off the off the bat I mean this song is doing better numbers on Spotify than all my other songs in the past as far as I could tell uh it's at like 27 streams right now and we're about a week in or mm-hmm. yeah we oh, less than less than two weeks in so that's really incredible i think this one's probably gonna do the best numbers the the videos also i'm really proud of that it came out awesome so um Very yeah I, I can't wait to see what comes out of this song honestly
0: well, it sounds like your family's very supportive and just very excited about your success.
1: Yeah, definitely. They're always there cheering me on. Uh, unfortunately, they're not in California here with me, so I only get to see them a couple of times a year. But, I mean, I FaceTime my grandpa pretty much every day, and he's literally always cheering me on, always saying, Oh, anything new in the music? Any new modeling gigs? He's always calling to check in. Um they're always they're always in my back corner, so it's nice to have a supportive group.
0: Well, when you were growing up, did you listen to a lot of R and B?
1: Um, yeah, I did. I listened to a lot of R and B growing up. Um, I feel like I mostly listened to pop, R and B, and hip hop, which is kind of why those three genres mold most of my music. Um, so yeah. It really just it really just evolved as I as I grew up. I think I started obviously when I was like way younger in middle school, it was like the Justin Bieber pop kind of vibe. As I got a little bit older into middle school and stuff, I started listening to more rap and R and B and stuff like that. So it kind of evolved as I got older and my taste changed, but I like all that kind of music is really like the core of me. Like that's I love to I love to write in R&B like it's probably my favorite genre to perform as well um I I like I really like the the like the soul and passion you can you can emote behind it when you're singing like you can really feel feel it sometimes
0: Mm -hmm. now would there be any like unexpected R&B people you know from before you were born uh that you're a fan of like like anyone from maybe the 70s or 80s you've discovered and go wow these these people are great
1: um obviously like a lot of the classics Mariah Carey Aretha Franklin uh Whitney Houston all of those um but also I mean I feel like I I, I listen to a good variety of stuff I'm pretty much all over the place
0: um mm-hmm. Well you mentioned modeling Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you're doing gigs also?
1: Yeah, I've been doing a bit of modeling. Um, I started around the age of, like, 16 or so. Um, so I've been doing a lot more of that since I've been out here um, in L.A., uh, modeling for different clothing brands. Um, I did a recent shoot for a cannabis brand, um, all sorts of different things. uh so i've really enjoyed doing that i'm i'm probably going to start um sending in applications to modeling agencies to to try and see if i want to do a contract Um, because i've mostly been doing freelance modeling within the past few years so um, i'm looking to take it more seriously now uh, because i feel like i have a very unique look the strawberry blonde hair blue eyes freckles um, a lot of people are looking for that and All my friends always ask me to model for their brands and stuff and I get paid obviously. So um, yeah, it's definitely something that I've always loved doing and it kind of coincides with the modeling really, with the music really well, because obviously it's never hurts to have awesome cover art photo shoots and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I really love combining the two and it, it gets into my creative side. I get to do graphic design when I design my cover arts and stuff like that. I love the modeling playing with the camera, like everyone always tells me that's um, that's where I shine the most. They're like, you belong behind a camera, whether it's a video camera, a photography camera, like you're literally just like shine, you just come alive. So it's uh, it's something that I really love to do. And I, I love posing and being behind the camera, seeing how the pictures turn out, the whole process of it all. It's always been something that I enjoyed.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, what is modeling taught you that you've carried over to your music career
1: that's a good question um I mean I think modeling has taught me to have a thick skin as well um just because I feel like people can be very judgmental um a lot of the time it's not even other people it's it's could be self-criticism like oh do I look good in this do I feel good about myself all this stuff and like I feel like the same goes with music, like, I self-criticize myself, and just being able to have that thick skin, and being able to realize, like, hey, these are just me over flooding with thoughts, like, this isn't real, just, like, being able to have that kind of self-love, and basically being your own number one biggest fan, like, I feel like, in modeling, you you always, you're always pitching yourself, you're always putting your, okay, these are my photos, this is what I look like, I'm beautiful, da-da-da, in music, you're always pitching yourself, oh, this is what I sound like, this is my music, this is how I, this is my look, da-da-da, so I feel like the two of them kind of go right and left hand, hand in hand, it's like, I feel like it's taught me a lot just to, like, have a thick skin, even when it comes to haters and stuff like that there's always going to be someone in the modeling industry that's going to tell you you're too thin you're too fat you're too this you're too that there's always going to be someone in the music industry that's going to be you suck your music's shitty you're you're ugly whatever it is whatever they want to come at you with an attack so I feel like those two kind of give you a thicker skin to be like hey I, I recognize these people are just jealous they're having these thoughts they're coming at me that's fine. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, I still love myself. I still think I'm awesome. I still think this music's awesome. I still think I my body's awesome. Like, it doesn't matter what everyone, what one little person behind a computer's perception of me is. One little, One little director, one little fan, whatever it is. Like, obviously, I take all their opinions into consideration. But if someone's there to just bash me, I know deep down in my heart that that's coming because of their own hatred. It it doesn't have to do with a reflection of me. I I know that deep in my heart, I'm still whole. I still love myself, you know?
0: I know for some people who are creative and maybe want to go into the performing arts, I think now more than ever, there are some people who actually hesitate and think, I really love this, but... I'm afraid to put myself out there in public. People can be so vicious.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's it's that's kind of the give and take. Well, you can get praise and approval. There's also you're also putting yourself out there to get rejected and criticized. So it's kind of you you kind of do need a thick skin in this industry, whether it's modeling, acting, music, like at the end of the day, everyone has their own opinion. Like a girl or a guy who i find attractive isn't going to be attractive to someone else a, a song that i love and stream on my on repeat my dad it's going to make his ears bleed like it's it's knowing that everyone has their own opinion but that doesn't mean that that's the reflection of what you are or what your product is it's knowing that yeah there's always going to be someone who's going to bash on you Maybe, maybe your music does suck, but that's their just their opinion. There's going to be 50 other people who who love it, who who do think that. Maybe that's their true opinion of it, but that's just one person's opinion. That's that's what that's what it takes is realizing, okay, who cares about this one little person behind a computer who can't even say it to my face? Like I, I want to hear I want to hear it. If that person has has the balls to come up to me after my show, say hey it kind of sucked, you should work on this, then okay, at least you had the balls to say it to my face versus hiding behind an anonymous screen name with no followers, sending me messages. I don't respect your opinion. I don't even know who you are.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, one criticism people have of LA is no one wants to say no. So everyone will kind of to your face say, oh yeah, we'll keep you in mind or, oh yeah, we liked you where you know they're never going to call you back you know they didn't like you but they don't want to say no they want to be perceived as nice where it seems like new york and the east coast has more of the reputation of being just straight to the point what what do you prefer and what do you think is kinder is it kinder to just say no thank you we're not going to use you but thanks for applying as opposed to stringing you along with niceness
1: Yeah, this is actually a huge, huge issue that I've encountered in Los Angeles specifically, not even with regards to music, just with regards to daily friendships and relationships. And people will say, make a plan with you and then something better comes along and they go do that. So I actually personally prefer the New York mentality side of things versus the fake, oh my God, I loved it. That's so awesome. You look so cute versus like, in New York, if I'm going out with my friends, they'll and be I'm like, oh hey, what do you think of this outfit? They'll be like, okay, it's cute, but you should probably go change the shirt or da 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 da. Like they'll tell me so that I don't go out and make a fool out of myself. In LA, they'll be like, oh my God, babe, you're so perfect, you look so hot, let's go. And it's like I'd almost ra- I'd almost rather know before I make a fool out of myself. Like I'd rather know the honest opinion or before i'm strung along or led on like hey oh my god this person loved me like i can't wait to hang out with them or can't wait to hear back from them or can't wait to be on their show whatever it is i'd rather know their honest opinion and know what they think i could work on versus me like sitting here in in the intermediate wondering when i'm going to hear from them being strung on let on led on like nobody wants that like people think People think in the moment, like, I'm being nice, I'm saving their feelings. But in reality, you're actually doing something worse, because then they're just sitting there wondering, like, why would they tell me this? And then I would never hear from them again. It's like, I'd almost respect if they're like, hey, I gotta be honest, like, it's not a right fit for us. But here's some pointers what you could work on, like, maybe we'll consider you in the future versus like, oh, my God, you're awesome. Like, we'll We'll reach out like i'd I'd respect the honesty over the fakeness any day,
0: Mhm, well, when creative people come to l a especially singers, actors, models, you want to get out there and, and be known and be seen and network, and that's useful to a point, but do you see other people like they come out there and they start to think going out every night and partying? at a certain point, it's not networking. It's just partying and you wake up kind of tired the next day and not as motivated, you know, to apply or audition. Do you think that is a danger in LA where, where networking becomes just kind of wasteful partying?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like, especially when we first got here, like, People totally use that as an excuse. Oh, but look, at there's such great networking. We have to go to this party or we have to go to this part, party. So-and-so is going to be here. Like, we, we have to go do networking. But it turns out into a group of girls getting blackout drunk and ending up hungover for the next few hours the next day. Like, it... it it gets exhausting to a point. Like you think, Oh, I'm getting, I'm networking, but really you're in a, in a room that's so loud. You can't even have a genuine conversation with someone. Like how am I supposed to network when I can barely hear what you're saying? So, I mean, that, that kind of lifestyle gets old, old really fast. And I mean, me personally, like I stopped, I stopped drinking about a, a year after I moved out here. Um, and that kind of changed my whole experience with it all. Um, I mean it was fun when when you're when you're out and you're drunk and everyone else is drunk and the music and da but then when you're the sober one there looking in on everything you're like huh this really isn't all that it was cracked up to be like this is kind of lame actually like and I, and I mean it, it I I end up just being the one taking care of my friends most of the time to making sure they get home safe but in reality I'm sitting here like what the heck was I doing my whole college experience at these clubs and parties and bars whatever it is like this is actually not really that fun. Like, it's only... Is a place really fun if you have to be plastered drunk to have fun there? No. So that's that's kind of what I realized. It's like I'm, I never really needed alcohol to have a good time necessarily. And that's kind of now how I can gauge. It's like if I'm going there and it's a bad time, it's because it's a bad time. I'm sorry... Like I I understand why people are having fun because they're drunk, but I can actually tell what's a good networking opportunity versus like I I rather go to a place where I can actually sit down and hear what you're saying and have a conversation versus um be in a room full of strangers where you don't even know what the deal is. We're all just wearing mini skirts and trying to trying to see who could take more shots. Like it it comes to a point where it's are we really networking or are we not? I prefer. I come to the point where I rather do, like, I rather have, like, a studio session with a group of artists, or I rather have, like, a smaller kickback vibe, something where I can, like, actually get to know you, like, that's what I prefer personally these days, but I I can understand why people like going out and doing all that stuff, because I obviously had my fun in my days, but... I me personally, and I'm only twenty-three, I'm still young. I, I should be wanting to go to the clubs, but me personally, I'm just like so over that lifestyle. I rather just form like genuine real connections with people, not like oh, we're besties because we just took a shot together.
0: hmm You know, LA also has a stereotype of a lot of predators, like, you know well the stereotype, everyone's writing a screenplay in LA. But then there's a lot of so-called, you know, anyone can call themselves like a movie producer or people are out there saying, oh, I'm a talent scout or, you know, I'm a modeling scout. It seems like you have a pretty good inner sense of who's telling the truth and who is kind of a poser.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and the issue is even, even with people who aren't posers, you're still... Getting those kind of predators which is really scary and sad and unfortunate like and I've noticed that in the modeling world as well like these and these are people who have big time movie credits big time everything like no joke like movies you would have heard of and they are soliciting young girls trying to get them to send them provocative pictures like oh well submit pictures in lingerie or submit nude photos and they're trying to they try to get these young models to do that like I I tell them oh, I'm not comfortable with that I'm not going to send you any nude photos of me but it's like these 50 year old 60 year old men are actually asking 18 and 19 20 year old girls to send them these types of pictures for a completely unrelated photo shoot like this is ha- but this is how they cast their girls and like stuff like that makes me uncomfortable. Like I I it's one thing if you're you're hiring an OnlyFans girl and and, and she's comfortable with that, but I'm not comfortable sending naked pictures of myself to a sixty year old man to be considered for a role. So it's like stuff like that, it's like and I I've heard that even with even with regular photographers too. Like not even the big time. I've I've heard that with a bunch of my friends. They'll they'll try to get them to shoot Bordeaux or or in the nude and, or they'll try to be like, or the, a lot of the male photographers will be creepy and stuff like that. So it's like, it's definitely something that you need to be on guard of. and, And it's scary to know that even it's, it's not just the amateur photographers. These are actually big time Hollywood movie producers and directors. Like you hear about Harvey Weinstein all the time, all these, all these big Charlie Sheen, all these big names. It's, it's, Jeanette uh, Jeanette McCurdy's releasing a book right now telling about her experience with Dan Schneider. Like I'm my mind is blown the more I read about it. The, the the more I experience it myself. Like it's 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 actually horrifying. It's actually like people actually really need to talk about it because a lot of young people in this industry are are in serious risk.
0: Well, your song You Did This is more about a specific guy, you know, that does you wrong. But it seems like if you look at on a bigger picture, it's also symbolic of, you know, how people, you know, do prey upon, especially young women, and how, you know, you kind of have to fight back. And, you know, it seems like you're taking a stance, not just for yourself, but for women in general.
1: No, absolutely. And it's, it's not. The song was written with from my pain of being cheated on but that's not all that the song is it's it's any kind of being done wrong by someone who you felt you could trust like that this is a perfect example if you're a young girl and you're on Nickelodeon and you think you can trust this director they're they're giving you the opportunity of a lifetime you think oh my god I can totally this is someone I, I can trust but in reality these are actual predators like that's what's so scary to me. It's like and 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 that's that's what you did this is. It's about like any girl who's whether it's 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 a sexual assault, whether it's it's being taken advantage of, whether it's being groomed, whether it's been anything like that's their experience. Like and 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 you did this is meant to empower them to know like that's not your fault that you went through that. Like you were innocent and pure and loving and trusting and caring. And like, that's awesome that you have that in your heart. And like, it sucks to see that men and people will take advantage of like these innocent, pure souls. And like, that's what it's about. It's not even about like, oh, I got cheated on. It's about any kind of doing wrong. Like, it's so sad like and I noticed it more in LA than anywhere else it's so sad to see what happens to like these young kids who are thrown in the industry even even not even kids these teenagers these 20 year olds like anyone who doesn't know better anyone who's who's being manipulated or or taken advantage of or being used or being blackmailed or whatever it is like it's it, it it enrages me and like I mean that's that's what this song is it's taking your power back from these predators it's realizing shit what the heck like I'm first of all I'm strong enough to handle this and we're gonna be okay second of all it's not my fault it's you took advantage of me I, I was I was I was the innocent one and 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 third of all it's 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 basically it's basically saying like you got this like you it's going to be okay like something like it's going to be okay some something needs to be done about these kind of people for sure
0: it seems like the people who get preyed upon the most are people without family support or, or a greater support network you know they always seem to be the most vulnerable and it seems like fortunately you did have you know a good family support and a support network like when you were coming out to L.A., you know, even though your family, I'm sure, thinks you're very strong and confident, do you think they had this twinge of, well, come on, Hannah, you got to be really careful. You know, not everyone's going to be nice to you out there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like that's the thing you you need to think about. But at the same time, I came out here when I was 18 years old. Like, how could like there's there's not there's no way they could have prepared me for some of the situations that I got thrown into. And it's like that there's there's no about a there's no amount of childhood or or raising or whatever it's like when you're in that situation it's kind of like a you need to figure out what are what are you going to do here and it's like sometimes you're so innocent that you don't even realize that abuse is going on you think that that's normal or you or if it's a lot of young girls get into their first relationship and they don't even realize that they're being abused. It could be like emotional abuse and they're like, okay, well, my boyfriend, he hasn't hit me, so he's not abusing me, but really they could be tearing down their mental health every single day. And then that's just as bad. So it's, it's, it's really, it's really scary to see. and, And it's, and it's important. It's important for these girls to know that it's not their fault if this kind of stuff happens to them, but it would be nice if there was a way that we could prepare young girls but obviously there's nothing you can do to prepare for every every single horrific scenario there is there's there's so many disgusting horrible people it's just like you gotta you you always gotta watch your back you always gotta be careful be on your toes even from a young age and I guess that's how you 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 gotta almost instill a your kids to not trust people that much like and it's that's not like supposed to be negative, but it's like it's it's like we're t- we're twenty 21 years old and we think that all of a sudden stranger danger is not an issue. Just because I'm 21 years old or 23 years old, I could still get kidnapped. I can still get taken. I could still any any of the bad things that could have happened to me as a as an eight year old could still happen at as a college student. So it's like. We think, oh, okay, I'm an, I'm 18 now. I'm an adult. Like none of this can happen to me anymore because I'm not a minor. Everything can still happen. You're we're still we're still targets. Like 21 year olds, 22, 23. Like these are like men's prime targets. Like, and that's and that's. I feel like that almost makes it seem less less bad to the man because they're like, oh, she's not a minor. I can do whatever I want. But In reality, these kids are getting thrown into college, 18, 19, 20 years old. They've never experienced anything like this. They've never even experienced their first relationship. So when they're with a man for the first time, they're finally feeling loved for the first time in their life. They're finally feeling like, oh my God, I have a a boyfriend, I have a girlfriend, I'm I'm happy, I'm whatever. They don't realize that the pain that their partner is putting them through Isn't normal. They 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 don't know what a healthy relationship is, so they don't know that they're not being treated right, essentially. And that I guess we we have to raise our daughters to know what healthy boundaries are. Actually, I think that's a huge, huge thing, is we have to teach our children how to set boundaries with coaches, with teachers, with friends, with romantic partners. We have to teach our kids to set boundaries. And to be strong enough to hold our own, and I th- I think that that's one way we can help. And and I think ki- kids growing into teenagers, growing into young adults, still need to be conscious of stranger danger. Like just because we're an adult doesn't mean that we're we've escaped all this negativity. Like there we're still vulnerable. We're still young. We're still new to this world. We still haven't experienced a lot of things. We still don't know a lot of things. And 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 we still have a lot to learn so it's it's always important to be on your toes be be prepared um be be know how to say no know how to stand up for yourself those these are the kind of things we need to learn
0: mm-hmm. it seems like you're really putting yourself out there as a role model for that of, of standing up for yourself
1: yeah absolutely i mean i i have two younger sisters um they're my youngest sisters starting college this year um, and my other sisters, a junior in college, so I've been dealing with with it with them for the past few years. They they always call me whenever there's an issue, and I I always want to set the best possible example for them, um, and and I I always tell them like you you all deserve so much better. Like I I always try to tell them, and I always try to I I always I'll text them every day. I'll be like, you're so beautiful, you're so sexy, you're so amazing, you're so awesome, you're so smart. I always wanna empower them I always want them to know that they they should be told these things I'll send them little gifts and stuff I always want them to know they should be treated like a, a queen and a princess like I want them to know that from from me so that they expect that when they're in a relationship like I want them to always feel beautiful like that's I always want them to feel like empowered I want them to feel I never want them to be in a situation where they feel uncomfortable or where they can't stand up for themselves or they can't say no like i i like every time i think of these situations i think of my sisters and i'm like if if anything would have ever happened to them like that would literally break my heart so it's like i came into college not knowing anything and learning all these lessons for myself so it's like for me to be able to help prepare them and teach them these lessons and any other little girl out there who's listening like that's my goal like i I want them to learn from my mistakes. I want them to know to learn what I learned just from all my life's experience from going through this breakup, from everything. Like, I want them to know all the lessons that I learned, not to put up with all the bullshit I put up with so that this never happens to them. Like, that's my goal is to prepare them. And it's like, I'm actually... My, my youngest sister, I was um, home visiting her a couple of months ago, and she was going through her first breakup and it was really breaking my heart to see how this guy was treating her and he he wasn't he wasn't like that horrible but it was like the way he was talking to her and the way he wouldn't make her a priority would cancel on her to have plans with another friends and um I was just telling her I was like this disgusts me and I, I was actually in Florida a week later and I wrote her a song and it's called You Deserve. And it's going to be the opening track on my album. And it's basically a song that I wrote for her that's basically saying, you deserve the world. You deserve flowers, diamonds, pearls. You deserve to be spoiled. You deserve to be happy. Like, that's what I want for her. That's what I want for my sister. That's what I want for all these girls. And it's like, and I just found out, like, she she's found a new a new boyfriend as of recently. And he's literally... Every day he shows up to her house, he shows up to our house with a bouquet of flowers and he shows up with she's gluten free so he'll go and buy her all these celiac friendly desserts every time he, he always shows up with flowers and desserts and I'm like, I'm like, I'm so happy like I'm like, finally you're being treated like the way you deserve and like, I feel like that I helped her open her eyes so that she deserves to be treated like that and now look what she's getting She she let go of this loser. And now she's getting treated like the princess she deserves. So I'm just like, that's my goal here. Like, I want women to know and girls to know, like, you don't have to put up with a shitty asshole. Like, pardon my language. But there are men out there who are literally willing to spoil you and treat you like a princess and go out of their way to make you feel amazing and awesome and perfect and, 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 and give you everything you could have ever wanted. So it's like... Don't waste your time on someone who's going to make you feel less than you are, make you feel degraded or sad, like find these people who bring out that good in you, who go out out of their way to to make you feel happy, who literally give their all to you, because it's like, if he wanted to, he would. And it's like, girls need to remember that men will show you if they like you or not trust their actions, not their words. Hollywood, the Me Too
0: movement, and at least they implement some protections, especially for younger actors and, you know, more vulnerable people. still has a way to go, but it seems like the modeling industry has not caught up to that. And it just seems like, you know, as glamorous as it looks, it seems like there's still a predatory nature built into it and do you have hope like is there some way to implement more protections there
1: yeah I mean it's pretty scary I mean the whole entertainment industry as a whole is pretty much like this and it's basically for me what I do is I I scout who I'm working with before I work with them I make sure it's someone reliable and for me Pretty much 99% of the time, unless I know who I'm working with, I'll bring one of my friends along as an assistant. Usually a guy friend will come with me on my shoots just so I feel comfortable. And and that's actually a good thing for girls starting out. Bring a friend, bring a, a guy friend if you can actually to these photo shoots or if you feel any bit of uncomfortable, even if you don't feel uncomfortable and you feel like safe with the with the scenario, like it never hurts to have someone there with you. So that's kind of what I've done. And I've never I've never had any issue whenever, um, even like my gay best friend in college, he used to come to a lot of my shoots. And like, sometimes we would even take pictures of him too for fun while he was there. And it was like a whole fun experience, but none of these photographers are really gonna ever try something on me when I have a friend there. I feel like a lot of the times when they try to prey on women are when they're alone. And you can usually sense this out based on how they're emailing or texting you prior to meeting up. You can tell or even if you don't have someone who can come with you, just suggesting to them being like, hey, is it okay if my assistant comes? And if they don't say yes, then that's a red flag in of itself. If they're like, no, she can't come da, -da -da," whatever reason, then I probably don't feel comfortable going to that shoot. So it's kind of just sussing out like what makes you feel comfortable asking the right questions, um, to know these people's intentions, uh, making sure they're actually working with whatever company they say they're working with. Um, but w- what's, what's helped me the most in avoiding any kind of, like, it's not even, it's not even the unwanted like, it's not even like necessarily like sexual assault, but like people will still be like wordy with you, they'll like, Say sexual stuff to you, like almost like a cat calling, but they'll be they'll they'll try to say inappropriate stuff, and that in of itself makes me uncomfortable. So I feel like i've never I've never had a photographer or anyone be inappropriate in that way when there's another man in the room. So I feel like that's my best advice to girls starting out in the industry is literally just ask one of your friends tell him to pretend to be your assistant. He can carry your your suitcase with your change of clothes for the shoot. And there's never any issues that way. Like I feel like that's 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 my best advice for avoiding that in the modeling industry specifically.
0: I just had a vision of you giving a TED talk on this subject.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting.
0: Yeah, is that something you would ever want to do? Give give a a hannah gold ted talk
1: i mean yeah honestly i would be open to it because i've personally i mean i have my own personal experiences but on top of that i have all the stories that i hear from my friends and whatnot i'm even i even was talking to one of my good friends this morning about she 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 needs to she's she's having an uncomfortable experience with her her acting coach and i i'm gonna go see her today to help help talk that through but it, it it's i'm 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 scared at seeing how traumatized these women are and it it's really sad because like these are a lot of people's dreams like imagine imagine your whole life you grew up and you're just like this happy little girl and all you want to do is be this little actor on Disney Channel Nickelodeon that's all you want to do you finally convince your parents to move to LA you're out here and then you're just being you're just being like it's like it's like you're a breadcrumb and, and all these pigeons are coming at you. It's like. It's scary, like my one of my close friends just moved out here to try to pursue acting and she's already just experiencing it without without even having been on a big show yet. She's just experiencing it on the coaching level. So I'm like, if you're experiencing this on the acting coaching level, what happens when you're actually fighting for these bigger roles? And I've been reading a lot about um I know Jeanette McCurdy's releasing a, a book where she talks about this. And I'm and 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 it seems like these directors are pitting young actors against each other, like, oh, but I'm gonna give her more time because she spends more time with me, or she went in the hot tub with me, so she's gonna get a, a spin-off show for herself or whatever it is. So it's like that's what's actually scary is when you get to these bigger things like Nickelodeon just had that huge scandal it's like it's scary because as a parent you're thinking oh i'm dropping my kid off to be on nickelodeon this should be safe but in reality you're dropping your kid off into a room full of predators so i mean it's really scary and as, as a parent of someone who's entering the acting world you should be cautious of your kid make sure you know who you're getting them involved with make sure you have some kind of guardian Present with them, but at the same time, I've heard these parents say, What are you supposed to do when the director's trying to read lines with the kid and it gets awkward? So it's like, I think that a lot of these directors and whatnot are trying to create an awkward situation or trying to play it off like, Oh, there's an NDA or whatever it is, so that they could get alone time with these kids. But I think we really need to do better screening and and cautions but it, the scary part about this industry is most of the people committing these crimes are millionaires and billionaires who have enough money to cover up what they're doing so even if I were to research I wouldn't know until I'm actually meeting this person that they're a predator because they've paid off all their victims
0: wow well it seems like they definitely need to have chaperones at most you know at all these things whether it is the coaching or the film shoot and maybe at all ages you know it seems like especially the younger people but you know everyone needs you know Mm -hmm. someone on their side
1: yeah absolutely i mean even because even if you're a 27 year old female think think about what most of these models look like most of them are like 100 pounds 120 pounds max like any man any decently strong man can take over that woman like you can be kidnapped you can be sold into sex slavery like obviously these aren't Things that are happening commonly, but they are things that happen, and it's 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 scary that it's like yeah, I could be 27, I could be even 30 years old, but I'm still this tiny person. Like I could still be. What if I'm only like five foot four and I'm a hundred pounds? Like anyone could pick me up and do whatever they want like if i don't have someone there in my corner you never know and it's like yeah these things mostly aren't going to happen but it's just being prepared in case they do that's it's always always being on guard in case and mm-hmm. that in that in itself is scary the fact that we have to be on guard but that's that's what it is
0: well all the more reason we need more platforms to talk about this uh, people with direct experience to share their experiences, and it just seems like this needs to be an ongoing educational thing.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, I've got some more questions about your music, but before we wrap up, uh, how do you like to interact with people online, and and what's your favorite social media to share your music with?
1: um so i love to interact well obviously youtube's where i share all of my music videos so those i put a lot of effort into i pretty much direct every music video um that's out there um, I, I put my heart and soul into those so that's where you can watch those um, i always post new pictures on instagram um, bts from my photo shoots and stuff like that any kind of um, achievements, like when I'm charting, when I have new articles, those are always posted on my Instagram. Um, I've been getting more into TikTok recently. Um, so TikTok's more just like me being silly or just posting whatever I feel like at the time. Um, I do post I do post content with my songs on there as well. So um, that's a good place to check out for that. Um, and then I have my Facebook as well. Which is pretty much a lot of the same updates that you'll get on Instagram. So I'd recommend subscribing to my YouTube channel, following my Instagram and following my TikTok um, to get the best overview of my day-to-day life.
0: Very good. Well, we've talked about a lot of heavy stuff, but in spite of that, you know, you seem to still be, you know, very hopeful, positive. You know, how do you maintain a a healthy attitude when sometimes you know show business is just so hard
1: um for me it's always just I I I always take the time to kind of process what I go through and and what I'm thinking and how I can do better in in future scenarios and whatnot and so I I always try to practice um self-love and um being there for myself and whatnot, and trying to always be in my own back corner, essentially. So on the days where I'm not feeling as good, maybe doing something that makes me feel better, like maybe I'm going to go for a a little longer gym session today, or maybe I'm going to treat myself to a nice dessert, like doing going out of your way for yourself, like not being afraid to take mental health days, take a day off here and there, just focus on literally whatever you want to do, whether that's, okay, I want to lay in bed and be lazy today, or, Oh, I, I really want to go jet skiing today or, Oh, you know what? I'm going to go get a massage today. Like taking those days to myself where I do what makes me happy and just have a mental reset. Those help me, um, just daily affirmations and affirming to myself, um, smiling at myself in the mirror, stuff like that, kind of having conversations with myself, um, doing the th- doing things that that fill my cup and, and stuff like that, and and being there for my sisters and and all my friends and stuff like that, always helps. And and when my friends are going through stuff, I I help talk them through it, and it it helps me process things too. Um, so just kind of always being there for yourself, loving yourself, practicing self love, practicing, um, practicing just just. Just supporting yourself, just telling yourself it's going to be okay. If you need to have a cry, not being afraid to have a cry. Um, just those kind of things pretty much. Um, I, I I always want to make sure that my friends feel supported in what they're going through and whether it's something small or whether it's a close friend or not, I, I like to let them know that they can reach out to me if they need something. And even even if there's someone listening to this podcast who needs something, you can always dm me on instagram and i could I'll give you the best advice that I can but i I just like to be there for other other women and youth going through these kind of things. um we could always talk it out, and that's what kind of helps me. I talk it out or talk it out with a friend and or my mom or something, and these kind of things help me process and realize what I could do better for the next time and 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 that no matter what happens, I'm I'm still here, I'm still thriving, I'm still happy, I'm still good, I'm still everything's gonna be okay.
0: And you've got your songwriting too. Do you find that's therapeutic?
1: No, absolutely. So the me writing music is like one of my biggest ways of processing and releasing like especially when I'm going through like sad or traumatic times or breakups and heartbreaks or anything with relationships or day to day like that's a huge way for me to just release and let go and get it off my chest it's it's like sometimes it comes off as like oh she's writing these hatred songs she's writing these fuck you songs she's so angry but really like that was that was my equivalent of going outside and screaming at the top of my lungs like i just put it all out there and now i'm over it like i now i can move on now i, I can process now whatever like that's that's what i love about writing music is i feel like i can put it out there again the booth i'm singing it i'm really feeling it and then i'm like okay you know what i can complete with this feeling now i'm i'm good
0: you'll be putting we'll be out putting a full oh, album of songs and I'm curious, is there an overall theme, like when you collect all these songs together? What do you think is, you know, how is this whole bigger than just these individual songs?
1: Um, so the whole project is essentially meant to showcase. Well, it's going to start off with You Deserve. So it's essentially sent to showcase what happens to how how do we feel when we're not given the respect and treatment that we deserve and ha- and what do we deserve. So that's kind of what this album is. It's saying, it's showing how I've been mistreated, but how I'm strong enough to overcome it and how I now know my worth, I now know what I deserve. I'm never gonna put up with anything like this ever again. I, I've overcome this. That's kind of what it is. It's meant to show a lesson to girls and men and women and whoever listens that no matter your struggle, no matter the pain and all this stuff, you can overcome it and and you can realize what you really do deserve. So that's kind of what it's meant to do. It's meant to show, okay, this is this is my story, but this is also everyone else's story. And this is how this tells my my story of progression through different relations and whatnot but at the end of the day it's meant to empower and sort of serve as a lesson so that no one else goes through that same stuff so that they learn from my lesson it's almost me teaching people what I've learned like for example there's a lyric and in, in they always come back it's like it's it says like it, it'll be worse than before so I always tell that to my friends that their friend their their exes are always coming back. I'm like, okay, they'll always come back, but it it's always you you always end up breaking up for the same reasons that you did the first time around. So like a lot of the songs have little lessons in them or little meanings that are personal to me and stuff like that. So it's meant to essentially empower women say I feel you. I feel what you went through. I feel I'm feeling all that and here's what we're going to do now. Here's we we're, we're never accepting this again. We we're, we're going to be treated like queens from now on. That's that's what it's meant to empower from from my album.
0: And what's the album going to be called?
1: Um I haven't decided on a name yet, so that's still TBD up in the air.
0: Okay, so that's brewing. And do you think you might record like a last minute track for it?
1: Yeah, I mean it's possible. It's always possible because I I thought my album was done until a month ago I wrote a new track that's now the intro track. So it's always possible that something else could get added in the future.
0: Okay. Well, I want to give you the last word here, and again we've talked about some very, you know, serious things and uh, you know, some inspirational things. But what I would like to know and and have you share is for all the tough stuff you deal with in your career, both music and modeling, and just getting, you know, your creativity out there what are the good things that keep you going like what are the prizes that you think yeah this made all this stuff worth it
1: um so there's a one thing is just seeing just seeing the reactions on people's faces when i succeed and seeing i i I always try to make my grandparents proud and my grandma passed away about a year ago um and and her and my grandpa were always the two people who always supported my music growing up and ever since I was like 13 they were the only people who really truly believed in me and they would always get me little like studio sessions to record covers and stuff like that so I I really do this for them and and it's really rewarding just to see it's really rewarding to see that people are actually listening to what you put out there that people are actually resonating with what you put out there like I love when I get little messages from random fans, it'll be like, hey, I just found you here, here. Like, I love your music. Oh my God, you're awesome. I love your message or I can't believe you're real. Like I-, I needed to tell you I loved your song or whatever it is. Like those kind of things are rewarding to me. Like knowing knowing that my message means something to someone else, knowing that I've empowered someone else, knowing that I've allowed someone else to feel a connection with something, feel some type of way all that kind of things that that's that's what makes it worth it just seeing seeing my sister be treated like a queen right now like that literally makes all this worth it to me like i seeing how much my sisters value themselves now seeing how much they learn from me like that literally makes this all worth it to me like if i can see them grow up and be happy and never go through any type of abusive relationship and always find healthy men and and whatnot like that that's the ultimate goal for me. Like I, I, I do it for them. Like my, my sisters are literally my everything. Like I, I, I want them to be happy. I want them to find true love. I, I never, ever, ever, ever want them to feel the way that I felt in my last relationship.
0: Her name is Hannah Gold. The current single is You Did This. And I think you're going to really be influencing a lot of young women using your platform in such a very positive way.
1: That's the goal.